0: That's Shopify.com slash special offer. What's that at the foot of my bed? It's spooky and kooky. I'm pretty sure it's dead. It's coming this. Hey Boo! It's me, Roz. Oh my god, I'm obsessed with this episode this week. I talked to Brian Fuller, who is this incredible writer, director, producer, showrunner. I mean, he creates some fantastic TV shows. Maybe you've heard of a few, like Hannibal, Pushing Daisies. He has this documentary series on Shudder. It's one of the best things I've ever seen. It's, it's so tailor-made for me, and I know a lot of you listening to the show would love it, too, if you haven't seen it. It's called Queer for Fear. It is on Shudder, and it's just an in-depth exploration of queerness in horror films and just horror in general, really. And it, it's, it's iconic. you got to check it out. It came out last year, and just just go watch it. You're also going to hear The Brain... On this man. I mean, the brain on this man. This conversation is so fun today, talking particularly about queerness in horror and paranormal, but also, Brian's got some stories of his own. So let's get into it. You can also watch the YouTube video version. The link is in the show notes. And um, check out the one from last week if you haven't. I got so many messages about how damn funny Mackenzie and Rachel are. Oh, those two kill me. Uh, Okay, here we go. Here's my conversation with Brian Fuller. On with the show! (laughs) Brian Fuller. Hello. Hello. How are you? I'm really good. Thank
1: you for having me.
0: Thanks for doing this. I'm honored. I well, I wore a booberry shirt in your honor. That means so much to me. And I was also just having a conversation about Booberry, who I believe is the ghost of a queer person that wears <laughs> blue eyeshadow, a bow tie, and no clothes and a hat. Right.
1: Yes, yeah, it's the Provincetown type of
0: ghost. Very much Provincetown. That whole serial spooky world is very queer, very spooky, and I love it.
1: It's absolutely queer.
0: Chocula
1: and Frankenberry, we've seen them in bed together. We've seen them clutching each other. Uh Booberry drives them into each other's arms frequently, or at least did in the 70s commercials. So the whole Bert and Ernie-isms of same-sex couples and non-sexual circumstances that allow the viewer to interpret those circumstances as sexual was pervasive.
0: Yeah. I th- everyone knows that kind of Count Chocula Queen. Like, oh, yeah. Like, that queen is a very specific <laughs> type. Yes,
1: yes. And Frankenberry, you know, the big silent type that you would think is the top, it is probably actually the bottom. Mm-hmm. No pants. No pants. Yeah. Why would you need pants?
0: What's the point? Um, the well, well, you're the ultimate person to talk to about queerness and spookiness.
1: I love queer reads of horror. I can give you just about any of them. Uh, in ter- I mean, we have Friday the 13th coming up tomorrow. Uh, I think the Jason Voorhees, Mrs. Voorhees. Relationship is very queer. You have a domineering mother and a special child. It's an inversion of Norman Bates and his mother. Mm. Where in Psycho, you have the mother occupying the son. And in Friday the 13th, it's the son occupying the mother. And that relationship is hard to lift and separate as anything but queer.
0: Right. God, I don't even think about it that way. A lot of people... Well, I love so much Queer for Fear. Oh, yay! Which you did. And if anyone listening has not seen it, you got to. Shudder, queerness, horror, deep exploration, amazing talking heads, beautiful visuals. I love it so much. And because what we do over here so much is talking about queerness and the paranormal. Yes, yes. Do you see any relationship there?
1: Absolutely. I think any time that uh, look, queer kids are we don't fit into a uh, corporeal box. Like That's we just word. don't and our spirits are free-flying and our instincts are free-flying. So I don't think we can be contained within the normal. Also, we're just not normal. So being described as paranormal is kind of hand in hand with queerness is that we are we are strange we are weird that's the definition of queer and paranormal falls into that that category it's also we are we are looking for ways not to fit in and the paranormal doesn't fit into understanding so we we lean into those things because it seems like they better represent our worldview than anything within a corporeal construct
0: yeah, people always ask me about ghosts and queerness, and, and I always think, like, ghosts... I've always been attracted to things that aren't meant to be considered scary or demonized, but they are. Like, clowns, right? or ventriloquist dummies, <laughs> or even, like, carnivals. Like, all these things, ha- a lot of people see a sinister side to it, and maybe there is. But I always I always like things that didn't mean to be that... I always have related to that. And I think ghosts, too, like with a lot of queer people, people go, it's a demon or it's evil or whatever it is. I don't understand it. So that means that it's bad. right? And so to me, ghosts are queer. Absolutely
1: queer. And I think that if you're looking at how we relate to the physical and so much of of queerness is about not necessarily being relegated by the physical but being kind of transported by a spiritual point of view i was at a uh, an outfest screening of nightbreed recently and clive barker was speaking who was pivotal uh to my queer horror kind of experience And somebody asked him, do you think horror is queer or is going – the future of horror is queer. And he said the future is queer because we are moving away from binary definitions of our realities. We are moving away from restrictions on how to be. We are seeing people relate to each other romantically in polyamorous ways that aren't necessarily – confined by the previous established systemic perceptions of how people are to relate to each other. We see, uh, you know, one of the, uh, Brianna Venskis who is one of the interviewees on queer for fear was talking about Mary Shelley and queerness and the monstrousness of, of Frankenstein's monster as a queer paradigm because Queers are constantly pulling together elements of feminism and masculinity in our own alchemic definitions of those words, how they perceive to us. So that could be 10% femme, 90% mask; could be 90% femme, 10% mask, and everything in between. And I find that so much more liberating because we don't have to follow the system because the system is is old and tired and and it doesn't apply anymore so why wouldn't we want to dance outside the
0: the lines yeah and ghosts it's like a part of us That is now like, I don't have to play by the rules anymore. If I want to walk through a wall, I could. If I want to slap someone in the face, I could. I can do whatever I want now.
1: Well, and ghosts aren't bound by their physical bodies. Yeah. So, so much of, you know, when I think about sexual expressions, it's, I rarely think about the physical body because at the height of sexual expression, in my experience, when it's good, you're body goes away Mm-hmm. And, transcend and it, yeah and your energy and your energy sh- you're sharing energy with another person and that's kind of the beauty and that feels non-corporeal it feels spiritual it feels ghost like so and I, I think a lot of us as queer people you know, I was thinking about this the other day because I see a lot of folks who are kind of identifying with a lot of, of Queer-identifying men are identifying with really toxic representations of masculinity that I never understood as as being kind of uh, a kid that defied uh, traditional. Definition Like I didn't fit in with the jocks. I, I was a nerd, but I was also feminine. And so there wasn't any kind of place for me to see myself. And now we're getting into an expression where people who don't feel like they've been able to see themselves are able to see themselves in representations, whether it's, you know, the boulay brothers or or drag race there's something about taking down the systems of masculinity because Let's face it, men are kind of awful mm. as a species and straight men are awful to women and gay men are awful to other gay men because there's there's something about this perception of anybody who wants to experience the D in, in some capacity that makes them less than as a human being and that feels so counterintuitive to queerness but i see a lot of queerness embracing it that that kind of boggles my mind i don't know mm. if that is relatable to ghosts but <laughs> it's relatable to kind of corporeal definitions of the physical
0: right god i don't know what i was expecting but you're like <laughs> blowing my mind right now ooh do we get some honey coffee oh my god honey coffee <laughs>
1: Thank oh my you. God.
0: Thank you, Brian. The
1: conversation's going to get a lot faster.
0: Ooh, <laughs> here we go. <laughs> I've
1: got some coffee.
0: Oh my God. It's like that classic drag queen bit where they, they sniff some white powder and then the song g- gets faster. <laughs> it's a classic drag queen lip sync. Well, what was, I'm curious what
1: was your first expression or experience of ghostly awareness and uh, thinking about your relationship? to that that ghostliness
0: well I was raised Catholic
1: oh me too
0: I do you think that that does it like that that opens up a belief to that stuff because for me I do believe it does it certainly did for me uh, because the Holy Ghost Holy ghost there's so many of the stuff like even just this bread is gonna turn like this wine's gonna turn into blood like there's so much like spooky into it and there's also so much like you know, exorcism and possession, but also the extravaganza of like the the stained glass windows <laughs> and hate. the dresses that the priest wears. Like I just love that Catholic Church made me who I am in in a not the way that I, they were hoping for.
1: <laughs> uh, same, and there's so much about Catholicism and Christianity that is so deeply queer and I mean transubstantiation is you know turning water into wine and the body of Christ and all of those elements of something that you see is more than what you are experiencing it in its physical form is right integral to Catholicism and the spiritual belief. So why Catholics are so bent out of shape with queerness is boggling because it is innate in the belief system of of Christianity and Catholicism. If you've taken a little biscuit into your mouth and imagined that being the body of Christ, A, the horror elements are there. You've got cannibalism. You've got, you know... Transubstantiation again, and those things—they're very fertile on on young creative minds.
0: And totally. I was an altar boy. I oh, so, love that. It, I never got into that, but I did pretend. I did lip sync in choir, <laughs> um, and that's where I really started the drag queen, <laughs> like the first, <laughs> like just lip sync. Some of those songs, mm, I could still hear them. I did a thing on my Patreon a couple months ago where a lot of paranormal content and you know i'm not religious i think of anything i'm witchy but i i don't see a lot of paranormal um content uh, in terms of like not scripted stuff stuff like this um exploring like the the religious miracles and that sort of thing as paranormal but to me I I feel really drawn to that and so I was like researching all of these different examples of when people believe Mary has come back or like um the shroud of Turin or whatever um, you know all of these these miracles like in in Italy there's this vial of blood that be- it's supposed to be the blood of some saint and like I'm probably getting this wrong, but like once a year they pull it out and they do this whole ceremony with like this this bishop or whatever. And then if it turns to liquid from the solid, then that means there's going to be a good year. But if it doesn't, it's a bad year. And in 2020, it didn't turn to liquid. I'm like, that kind of shit... Come on, how can you not believe in, like, the paranormal if that's, like, what you're told to believe?
1: Where's the breakdown, then, between believing in the paranormal and equivocating it with evil? Like, putting uh, a—assigning a good-bad Kinsey scale (laughs) to, you
0: know—
1: these supernatural
0: events. Yeah, I don't... It's interesting because at least the Catholic... The way that I was raised Catholic, it wasn't what I hear from a lot of other um, evangelical Christians of there's only one kind of spirit and it's the Holy Spirit. And if there is a spirit, that's not... That's evil. And I wasn't necessarily raised that way, but I, I guess I don't recall much discussion of that, but certainly angels... Um, or the Holy Ghost or whatever, and then demons. But, I mean, I was raised with an understanding that there are ghosts, and I encountered my grandmother's ghost when I was, like, very young. And so that's really what got me going and got me being like, okay, this is a thing. Well, and And how did she appear to you? She appeared in my bedroom.
1: Over your she... bed
0: or... She was like in the room, like I was in bed. She wasn't over me, but she was like in the room. And she was like up. So I want to say like floating. And she knew she knew the assignment. She was like, I'm gonna be a ghost. And she was <laughs> uh-huh. slightly transparent, floaty, and glowy. And she was, she was given ghost. Was she?
1: Did she have legs or was, did it just sort of blend into atmosphere?
0: I don't – all I could look at was her face. Right. Because it's like – I feel like when you're in those situations, you can't look away. Right. You know, it's like – I was just equating it with someone to um, – like if you see a bear in the wild. Like if you look away, you don't know what's going to happen. Is it going to charge at you? Is it – so you just like stare like – and then I kind of – I remember it being quick. It was a blip. Yeah. Like she was there and she gave me a look that was like, you're okay. And then just like, bye-bye. That has been kind of like
1: the the blip. The I, In my mind, when I've had ghost experiences or have seen something that was there in an instance and then not, it always feels like a, fla- like, you know, a flash bulb where, yeah. like a flashbulb where like a flashbulb goes off and you close your eyes and you get that fading imprint. But it's it's – it's a lightning strike that quickly fades. Mm-hmm. And that feels kind of conducive to uh, a scientific explanation of supernatural. Are you following Dr. Dre4000 on Instagram? No. Who's that? He's a chemist and a chemistry teacher. And he's like, chemistry is queer because it's all transitory and here's why. And he's fantastic. Follow Dr. Dre 4000 because he he sort of brings, you know, chemistry and the scientific discussion into something that – it's so creative and philosophical that it's hard not to be able to take that into a conversation about the paranormal as well because okay. and, and looking at the paranormal as if it were chemistry. And you know, when we first met, we talked about an experience that I had. And I was living in, uh, in the Crenshaw District in Los Angeles and uh, around Westmoreland. And I was in this old craftsman house, and uh, that just had energy. And everybody who lived in that house said they had some sort of experience with a free-floating apparition of some kind. And Mike, like ex- there were multiple different ones. Yes, yes, there okay. was like a person who was in the be- the attic bedroom. They kept on seeing somebody. Uh, my experience was I was in the bathroom, and I opened up the door to come out of the bathroom and there was a little old lady in her bathrobe holding her towel and she looked up at me as I looked at her and we both startled, like we were both startled by each other's presence in that moment. And so what was exciting about that for me is that it, it absolutely happened. I had the experience. I witnessed it. I had a Physical reaction that was not necessarily a chill, but more of an electric current, and uh, and she was gone in an instant. And for me. Because I love science fiction and uh, I, my my explanation was that I was like, oh, two two points in time touched each other in that moment and is that a science fiction explanation of ghosts or it was it an echo of a presence or was she there and we were there at the same point of time or were we in different points of times that were touching each other there what i enjoy about it is that i can imagine many different explanations for it and i don't need to know which one is accurate right just that it was heightened and real to me and then she just disappeared in front of you yeah it was like a it was like somebody took a picture of her and i was looking through the camera lens and the flash bulb ignited and then i closed my eyes and it was that after image you know when a flash bulb goes uh-huh. up, and it's sort of silvery and translucent so that was the quality of light in that experience that I mean that was very exciting for me because I was like okay that was real it happened and it it I felt something in that moment so I couldn't deny it like usually like I've been in situations where I've seen ghosts around sleep states Mm-hmm. And and I've been able to sort of say, like, well, you know, how much of that was sort of a somnambulist kind of experience? How much of that was uh, – oh, gosh, what do they call it when um, – Sleep paralysis? Sleep paralysis. Uh, and I've, I, <clears throat> I have had a sleep paralysis experience, and it was different than waking up and seeing ghosts standing around my bed. Okay. So the sleep paralysis experience I, I I've had was – Almost like a crystalline entity, like a physical, like a crystalline shape uh, above my body. It was almost like a vessel above my body, and I couldn't move. And I could hear the scream building in my throat because I was, I was, I was terrified of it. I was terrified of not being able to move.
0: That is so scary. Yes. I am a believer that there's some things that can be explained by science and can't be explained by science. And there are explanations for sleep paralysis, but I think that it could be both things happening yes. at the same time. Yes. I I don't discredit people that's when they say like I saw a demon in my room and I couldn't move. I'm not I'm not like, oh, that was just something that can be explained by science. Like I think it's I think that could have really been some kind of creature. Right and and it could be explained by science
1: in some way like that's why uh it, you know a scientific explanation of something paranormal does not obviate it from being a paranormal experience it just right. sort of rationalizes it and i kind of I, I kind of like that like it's that's where it does become witchy and magical because mm-hmm. witchcraft is alchemy and there is a scientific basis for it it's not brought it's sort of the the merging of science and nature but nature is science so how can you separate them in that way that I find really exciting to talk about Mm -hmm. and explore because I mean we don't know how our brains work most of the time like how are we supposed to understand how a a vision of light is appearing to us in in any circumstance and and I've I lived in an apartment in Cochrane on in, in on Cochrane in Los Angeles 3rd and Cochrane and uh there were many many experiences in that apartment
0: Wait wait before we get to that one okay, okay, so okay. the yeah. first house yes. did you have other experiences or was that the only time That I,
1: there was emotions uh there were the there were kind of light plays but that was the one thing that i was like okay that's undeniable what do you mean
0: light plays
1: shadows moving light coming through curtains dissipating the light in a way i mean my first like as a very young child my Bedroom, I could see into the living room. And when the curtains were drawn, light would pass through them in a way that was a traditional depiction of, of what we've seen in popular culture as ghosts. What? You know, in terms of uh, you know, and and in my mind, I could say, okay, that's light passing through the curtains. That's weather moving the light in a way that my childhood imagination took it to a place that felt uh, magical and heightened, but but was not like the experience I had with the the ghost spirit in that house in uh,
0: Westmoreland. Okay, so I, I could differentiate those. Did anybody else in that house ever see that woman? Well, the the person who lived in the attic
1: saw a woman very regularly, and it was a younger woman. Because I was like, no, this was an older woman. This was like her hair was back. I could like I could see the lines on her face. I could I could see that she was an older woman, and that she was also, you know,
0: had shrinkage,
1: you know, as, as <laughs> you know from age that she was, you know, a little, a little
0: hunched, and she was in a bathroom, and she was holding her towel. She was probably so terrified. Just getting ready to take a nice little bath. Wow. And who is
1: this tall man in her bathroom, uh, you know, with a towel wrapped around his waist.
0: Yeah, because I wonder, did she open, you open the door?
1: I opened the door and she was, like, it was was one of those experiences that we've all had when we're opening up a door and somebody's about to open it. And it's like, oh, like there's a startle. And it's like, oh, hi there. And come on in. But it was it was in a flash, and I think about her a lot. I think about like oh God, you know i I wish we could have had a conversation. I wish we could have had more than just a microsecond of a moment that we shared together, and also a shared supernatural experience that we could discuss.
0: It's just so weird to think like why did it happen at that moment? And like I don't know. I because how much longer did you live there?
1: I lived there for like a year, and yeah. you
0: never saw her again. I never saw her again,
1: and I wanted to. I wanted, but I also like I witnessed a murder in that house in the front yard. Oh uh, my God. So it was a tough neighborhood, and there was a gang murder on the front lawn. Uh, it took the cops like forty minutes to show up. I, I called them so many times and said, "Wow, you know, this guy's still in the front yard." Wow. Yeah, they and they were. I had learned at that time that they don't they, – they give it time for everybody to dissipate because they don't want the cops to be put into a dangerous situation. So they let every they, they just let the person die. Uh, and it was fascinating because um, it was kind of the first awareness like, oh, they don't know what they're, they're doing because the cops were like, are you sure he was shot? And I was like, yes, he was shot. <laughs> like yeah. they shot him in the back. And they're like, we don't see th-. – and they lifted him up. And when they lifted him up, his shirt kind of came up and there was like – a big hole in his back,
0: and he was dead at this point.
1: Yeah, uh, and I was like, "Well, there's the bullet hole," and they were like, "Oh, there it is." And so I was just like, "Oh, nobody knows what they're doing." Mm. Like, and so that was upsetting. Uh, and but the, the house, ha- like, was sort of a a confluence of little ghostly experiences. It was an old house and an old neighborhood in Los Angeles, so that was. Uh, you know, if if it were, if I didn't see the personality in this this uh, entity's face and expression, I could say like, "Oh, it was you know a, a, a drifting apparition." But I saw personality. I saw a a, a relatable human reaction to my presence, and uh, so. The entity was dimensionalized as a person as opposed to just a ghost or a spooky thing. It was – there There was a person in in that entity experience that I was interacting with. And I think
0: was, this is my favorite kind of ghost story. Seriously. Like anytime I hear these ones that make it seem like – spoiler alert – the others, the movie The Others. Right. Like that idea to me is so fascinating and – I don't necessarily know that it seems like that's always the case. It just seems like, uh, yeah, maybe it is some kind of science fiction y thing that happens sometimes. Right. Who knows why? But it seems to be, uh, I've about a handful of times on this show had people over the years tell me a story like that that would make you believe, oh my God, we're the goes." Right. Right. I'm obsessed. And I kind of was like, that house
1: had been there for a long time, so the idea, uh, I mean, there's something also kind of mutual and beautiful about that relationship that I am her ghost and she is my ghost, and we are providing yeah. a experience for each other. She's
0: probably on a podcast right now being like, one <laughs> time. <laughs> there's this guy who showed up in the bathroom.
1: Yeah, she probably is. Well, I mean, that was the thing that occurred to me. It was like, uh, who says that this woman was from the past? Yeah. You know, maybe I am her past and she is the future. And that was kind of fun to imagine this, you know, chain link of, of a timeline and you don't know, is it, is it moving forward or is it moving backward? And that was – because we always center ourselves in the narratives because that's our experience. But I love the idea of being her ghost.
0: I know, that's like, so fun. You got to be a ghost. Yeah, that would be, I mean, that, so, uh, and I like it that I don't know. But I will say she's probably from the past because grannies are kind of a thing of the past. Have you seen a woman in her 80s nowadays? Like, they're hot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they are fine. There's no such thing as, like, little old grannies. No. No. No, so. well, there are in, in, you know, Minnesota. But, like, the, the little hard candy, like, no, these are all, like, <laughs> people that, anytime I watch a 60s documentary, you see some lady on LSD doing the yes, dance yes. move, I'm like, that's someone's <laughs> uh, granny right now. She's not a granny.
1: And we have uh, geriatric porn, so there you uh, go. it's a different expression.
0: There you go. Yeah. Oh, God, no, I don't want to think about grannies. <laughs> So, tell me another one.
1: Uh, okay, so uh, that was a sort of college era. And then I moved into this house or this apartment on Cochrane in Los Angeles, like Third and Cochrane, and had. The the sleep paralysis was when I was at school and I was in a dormitory and that's when the crystalline entity that was shaped like a bipedal person was hovering over my bed and I couldn't move and that was wild but that felt like a sleep paralysis demon in terms of the experiences that I've read about and I was like oh because I was like oh crystalline entity is coming to get me and that's awesome but then I was like oh these this is so Once again, like, yes, there, there are many incidences recorded detailing these experiences, but that doesn't necessarily mean they're not supernatural. It doesn't necessarily mean, yeah. Uh, And so that was terrifying because of the paralysis. That was the most terrifying thing. Um, And, oh, and it grabbed my arms. It grabbed my wrists. I hate that. Yeah. Like, so that was the thing that like, and I woke up with my, my wrists in the air as if they were, like, being clutched.
0: That was real. Thing. It felt real. Also, great drag name, crystalline Entity. Yes.
1: Well, and if you're a Star Trek fan, you'll, that goes deeper. Because oh. there was an alien entity called the Crystalline Entity, and it would just suck up life force. And it became okay. an episode, a fantastic episode, where it was, like, that became this woman's Moby Dick because it had consumed her son, and she was trying to kill it. And they were like, no, it's just a thing that exists that we should let exist. You know, I
0: never watched Star Trek. I know you worked on it. Yeah, it's, you know, it's...
1: One of the things that I love about Star Trek is the science fiction explanation. Star Trek like Star Trek the Next Generation at its height was doing what X-Files was doing, which was mm. really high concept science fiction stories that often bridged into horror or the spirituality, but then were then explained in a science fiction context but not disproved, mm. just explained, which is what I loved about it. Right. Uh and so the Cochran House, or Cochrane Apartment, that's where I frequently woke up. There was a, there was an older woman who would watch me sleep.
0: These old ladies love you. Yeah, I,
1: like I'm really good with like other people's mothers and grandmothers, <laughs> living or dead, living or dead. Uh, and there was one time uh, that she brought some friends. Like I would I would wake up and regularly see her.
0: Okay, wait a second. So the first time, did anyone ever tell you that this might happen when you moved in? Nope. So one night, how far in? Uh, I was probably there for three
1: months. And I lived there for like three years.
0: Three months, you're sleeping. Alo- did you live alone? Yeah. And all of a sudden you wake up, there's an old woman standing there. Yeah. Now, w- was she like my grandmother? Was she floating? Was she? She looked like, uh,
1: sh- she looked corporeal. She looked physical. She looked like she was in the room because there was a light coming in from, you know, the window that was on the opposite side of the room. So she was lit as if, though, she were were physical. The the woman in the house in Westmoreland, that was the flashbulb kind of experience. And this woman didn't disappear when I looked at her. (gasps) Like, she was just there.
0: No, she's supposed to. Yes. But Uh, you didn't think for a second, like, is this really a lady that crept into my house? Um, Yeah, for a second. And then...
1: But I would look at her for a long time and then I would blink and she would go away. Uh, And... And it was... Quasi... When I... I'm saying quasi-romantic, not that it was sexualized, but, you know, the you know when your eyes meet across a crowded room type of thing where you're just looking at somebody in their eyes and you're feeling a connection. That was the experience of looking at this woman. And she was standing over my bed. She was like a foot and a half away from me. And, but I got no sense of threat from her. What whatsoever. was
0: the vibe? Just staring? It
1: was a very peaceful stare. And there wasn't any, like, the crystalline entity scared me because he lunged at me, or it lunged at me and grabbed my wrist, and that was terrifying. But Let's
0: be honest, he. As you were saying earlier, men are awful. It was a he. It was a he. Uh, Um, It had male energy. Right. Uh, This
1: woman... Older uh, she was in clothes, and the you know whereas the woman that was at the house uh, she was in her robe and had her towel and it was very 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 specific.
0: This, this lady does she always have the same outfit on?
1: Yes oh, yes, that. it was very conservative it was a it was like a dark dress she was wearing a dark dress I couldn't see the colors because it was dark. Uh, and I had had people who had slept with me also see her, which was fascinating.
0: Oh, my God. She's like room for one more.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Skewed <laughs> over. Uh, and so that was kind of an interesting confirmation to have somebody who was sleeping in the bed and me sort of startling awake and them waking up and seeing somebody next to the bed and – Confirming it the next day, I was like, okay, that's that's hot. That's a that's a hot move to have that <laughs> level of confirmation. <laughs> and then the, the the great thing is when she brought a bunch of people,
0: what was that? The, I woke up one night and the room was crowded. Stop. She's like, you guys, you got to
1: see this you shit. Got, like, he's like, look at the way he snores. Uh, and I don't think I snore, I snore sometimes, <laughs> but. Uh, that was cool. And I remember specifically looking around the room and seeing the different faces, and there was somebody at the foot of the bed that was just looking at me like this, just sort of like, oh. Who? It was a, a younger person, a, a younger man who was just, and he had a, a striped shirt on horizontal stripes, and was looking at, and had his his elbows up on the edge of the bed, like down by my feet, and was just like sort of looking. And it was it was like I was an animal in a in a cage that they were looking at, like some sort of specialized experience. Uh, but oh. there was there was probably fifteen people in the room. You know, and It was, it was crowded, uh, and that was it. Wasn't scary. It was so cool and once again you know blink and then they go away or they fade away and uh, that that felt special I felt really special when she brought friends and you know once again like is she throwing a party 30 years ago it was like like okay at one o'clock in the morning you're gonna see this dude in my bed. So coming to the bedroom, everybody
0: looks. See, there he is.
1: Yeah, and they're like,
0: holy shit! Yeah, that guy showed up. That's cool. Yeah. So. Wait. So are you, are you not the kind of person that is gonna need to look into this and figure out? Because, like, did you did you ever think to ask your landlord or whoever? Or you know, look for records of that apartment, or it was a rental agency. Right. So
1: I I asked like what the history, and and they were like, yeah, a lot of people have lived there over the years. Uh, so, At least
0: fifteen. Yeah, <laughs> and they've all died in this <laughs> uh, room.
1: But the the one of the coolest experiences that was beyond that was not sleep related, because the sleep related stuff I'm like, yeah, it could be any of a number of things. I'm choosing because. Uh, it felt magical that it was magical and spiritual and, and and a heightened experience and and lovely. It was it was it was a it was a cool thing. It was affirming. Uh, I had an experience and I had two cats uh, that uh, lived there the entire time that I lived in this apartment, and they always greeted me at the door. They always followed me into the kitchen because I fed them immediately when I got home from work. And so one day I came in and my hands were full of groceries and I kicked the door shut with my heel and went to the kitchen and the cats didn't follow me. And I could hear them meowing at the front door. And I went, I was like, like, what's up? Like they're usually can't wait to get their food because they haven't eaten since, you know, 830 when I left. Um, And they were staring at the door and meowing. The door was chained and bolted. Uh, and you have to put the key in to bolt it, which I didn't do because I had my hands full of groceries. So that was that was an experience where I was like, okay, that's undeniable. Like something happened there, and the fact that the cats didn't, like the cats probably saw the chain being chained, that's and crazy.
0: So that was really. But that's nice that they did it behind you. So like, because they obviously they could have the capability of locking you out then. Right so it sounds like really nice and helpful and the, like I've explained that story to I've told
1: that story to people and they were like you just did it absolutely and I was like no I didn't my hands are full of groceries I couldn't have which Right. was the, the the confirmation that made it so lovely and exciting and wonderful and awe inspiring is that I, I knew I couldn't have done it because my hands I was carrying two sacks of groceries I believe you it was cool Do you have other stories? Uh, Those are the the main supernatural stories. I feel like I, because of, uh, I mean, I love going to cemeteries. I find cemeteries to be a very peaceful place and kind of the old adage of like, you make cemeteries this beautiful park because you don't want the dead to leave. You know, you want them to be happy where they are and and stay in their graves and and have a good time. So uh, I find cemeteries to be places that are full of positive energy. Like, I don't Mm. find them terrifying. I find them really peaceful uh, with, like, deep-rooted kind of wells of spirituality that, that feel... Uh, welcoming and comforting and, uh, you know, when I was talking about the electric experience with the entity at the house, I went to Bern uh, in Switzerland for my birthday a few years ago and I swam in the airs and it was all this water running off of the Alps and so it was freezing cold, but it didn't feel cold. It felt like you were an electric current. And it was it was so invigorating, and you 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 hopped out of the water, and you just wanted to have sex because (laughs) like your body was buzzing, and that's what it felt like in these experiences. It felt like there was a supernatural, preternatural electric current running through you, me in that moment. That that yes we can manifest all of these things with our brains and our brains do amazing things, but take the win, take the aspiration, take the, the message from the universe or what have you that it's uh, something special. Mm-hmm. And one of the, the happiest moments in my life, one of the most thrilling moments in my life which was followed by a big disappointment was when I thought I had a recovered memory of being abducted by
0: aliens. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Just go with it. Go with yeah. it.
1: And I, like, it popped into my head, and I was like, "Holy shit!" Like, I was a, ab- I was abducted. I was on a table in a spaceship, surrounded by aliens who were like poking and prodding me. And for a split second, the universe became. So magical and big and, uh, you know, filled with endless possibilities. And then I contextualized the the recovered memory. And I was like, oh, I came out of the aesthetic when I was getting my tonsils removed when I was 19. And I was so, like, it broke my heart. Because for a split second, everything was possible.
0: But also... <laughs> Maybe <laughs> maybe the moment that you got abducted just so happened to be when you were under for your tonsils. Could be. Could be is a possibility. Be. Well I think that's the that's
1: the big point is you know, and, and why I get excited about scientists like Dr. Dre Four Thousand on Instagram is that they have this queer spiritual interpretation of science that allows you to extrapolate from what they're saying and apply it to so many different circumstances, mm. where we can talk about what would be happening in 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 a spiritual context. He's sort of the. Uh, there's something about him that is so warm and welcoming and it's all scientific based and I imagine if you had a conversation with him about the supernatural it probably wouldn't be as fun as as him explaining the queerness of chemistry (laughs) but uh, what he says for anybody who's queer and looking for buttresses and support structures for these moments where we have something supernatural and special that we experience to kind of go like, you know what, life is pretty fantastic. Mm-hmm. And we have to seize those moments and appreciate the, whether we are the ghost or they are the ghost, that we we get to have contact with something outside of the system.
0: And it's I'm always like, it wouldn't be fun if we knew everything. No, no. I don't need to know everything. I don't need I to I would be out answer. of business. Right. This show would be nothing. <laughs> We'd just be talking about things. Things that happen to us. Like no, it's not that interesting.
1: It's it's not. And the world is fantastic. I mean, the things that we can do with our minds are astounding. Astounding. Like I I remember as a kid staring at the house across the street and with my mind being able to collapse the distance with the window outside where I went into a state where the space between houses just collapsed until I like I just like I didn't even do it intentionally but I just brought the window from the house across the street to the window of the house that I was in and Yes, that's perception. Yes, it's it's kind of bending of physicality. But if we step take a step back from how we understand our reality and say, you know, if this is a hologram, if what we are experiencing is perceptual, then are ghosts glitches in the hologram? Are they... Uh, extra added levels in the hologram is spirituality uh, and the hologram makes much more sense to me than a lot of the traditional explanations of time and space and reality because I I am open to these supernatural experiences so I'm like okay uh, you know is 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 this a another chain of code and the hologram and how we perceive reality and that's why it's exciting to move beyond all of these binary structures that we have been raised to believe are permanent and reject them and float that's why like when pennywise is like we all float down here I was like that sounds fucking lovely yeah right i would love to float
0: well and it's what's so interesting like the the idea that Children can see ghosts. And I always kind of feel that as we get older, same thing with like animals that can, you know, your cats, like whatever can pick up on this. We're just so clouded with boring adult things and the realities of the world and all these structures that we're put into and all these things we're told to believe that it takes away that creative or whatever it is, that side of our brains that is able to connect with the otherworldly. I swim regularly, and I don't think
1: of it as exercise. I think, like, I'm going to the pool, and I'm playing for an hour. Mm. And I'm playing in an environment where my body is not bound by the physical in a way that it traditionally is. And I can float, and I can fly, and I can drift, and it is it makes me feel in tune with a spiritual world in the way that you're never going to get me into a gym to lift weights. Uh, it's just not going to happen. Um, that I am transcending the physical by taking advantage of the physical in a way that the fluidity of the environment, the, the fact that I, I, I can literally fly, like I am flying Uh. through atmosphere in a way that is dreamlike and feels like it is analogous to what I experience in my dreams when I fly, that I would encourage anybody who is looking for a form of physical expression that is into spirituality, go to a pool and play.
0: That's such great advice. Oh, I love that.
1: It's like it, it's the thing that like I look forward to. Just go to the pool and play for an hour, float, drift.
0: We all float down here. Yep. You want to hear some ghost voices? Yes. Okay. It's time for EVPs or EV please. <laughs> EVP: Electronic Voice Phenomena. It's when ghost hunters believe they've captured a ghost speaking. You ever watch those shows? Yeah. yeah. So it's that thing. So what I do is I go to YouTube and I look for people's EVPs. And I'm going to do two of them, and I want you to tell me what you hear, and I'm going to give you some options of what the ghost hunter believes they've caught. Okay. Okay. First one is from Full Moon Paranormal, posted on the YouTube page called Haunted or Not. It is at the Lake Shawnee Amusement Park. What is this ghost saying? Make sure it's not too loud. Okay, there's definitely some crickets going. There's a lot of background noise. Do you hear it? It's like a I meep, yeah, meep, meep, meep. it's very small. I, I The teeny teeny little voice.
1: I'm projecting. <laughs> But I'm hearing, help me, can you see me?
0: Help me, can you see me?
1: Okay, the help me is right, but the can you see me is not.
0: It's possible. That's not what they believe is said. What do they say? Is it A, are you serving mama? <laughs> I love this ghost already. Is it B, have you seen my brother? C, F U C K? Or D, you're a supermodel. It's a RuPaul fan, maybe. Okay. <laughs> okay. Can we hear it one more time?
1: Oh, gosh. I don't think it's any of those choices.
0: They believe it's, have you seen my brother? I hear, can you see my mom? Or have you seen my mom? Well, it's it's also the cadence of it is odd.
1: Like I would think it's like, have you seen my brother, as opposed to have you seen my brother. I mean, if she's doing a you know, a bit EDM. with music, yeah. yeah.
0: Well. Okay. I do believe that they caught something. I don't know what it says. Um, Okay, what's this next one? This is from Fox Valley Ghost Hunters. um, Also posted on the same YouTube page as that last one. And it is at the Summer Wind Mansion in Lando Lakes, Wisconsin. What is it saying?
1: I'm hearing, have some pizza.
0: Seriously? Have some pizza. Okay, is it A, damn it, I'm being bad? <laughs> C, damn, I want pizza? Wait, that was B. C, damn it, you piece of crap? Or D, damn, there goes P. Buddha Judge. I think it's
1: B, pizza. And it's a really seductive pizza. That pizza must be so good. Have some I pizza. pizza. I feel like they're already inside me and whispering
0: in my ear. Have some pizza. Well, it's funny because it's that's not what they believe. Oh, okay. But they believe something that I would say if I saw pizza, which is, "Damn it, I'm being bad." <laughs>
1: <laughs> Listen,
0: that's what they think it says. I, Damn it, I could I'm hear
1: being that. Bad. I could hear
0: that word. I guess, but I hear a p- like a pizza. Yeah. Um, Okay, let's do one last thing, just like a rapid fire, unless it turns into something. I don't know. But let's just hear your thoughts on some things. Okay. Um, Demons. Uh,
1: I think that they're, like, I think demons are misunderstood, I think that like the, the what I love about Catholicism is that if you look at the story, and if you're especially if you're dealing with like mean Old Testament God who's punishing everything, I'm on Lucifer's side. Mm. Like God seems like an asshole. Yeah. Like why? Like of course he's like, he's rising up. He's resisting. He is not falling in line. It's R R R, like the you know the the Indian movie. Uh, resist and revolutionize um so that's demons um i'm also it's like if you're going to all that trouble to get into that little girl and communicate with her <laughs>
0: that's effort
1: like you're like you are making effort to have a relationship
0: yeah which is that's impressive yes that's more than a lot of men do people don't return text
1: and this person is occupying a body to talk to you they're they're invested in that relationship
0: out in the farmlands of minnesota or wherever i mean
1: thank you for making the effort that's something i feel seen
0: (laughs) um what about curses you know,
1: I was just thinking about curses on the on the drive over here because I was thinking about somebody where I was like, "God, if I had the opportunity to curse them, would I?" <laughs> uh, and I was, I was like, you know, I think the universe has to take care of curses because mm-hmm. I'm just, I'm afraid of the ricochet of curses, and also, the, like, I uh, believe me, I am. I watch a lot of horror movies. I imagine violent ends for a lot of people uh particularly in uh, the Senate and <laughs> so I'm'm I'm, I'm definitely not of of the moral and ethical compunction to be above wishing bad for folks but I am, I also really believe in karma
0: I very much do which is why I wouldn't curse yeah yeah
1: yeah I was just like if, if you told me somebody that I... Felt it deeply wronged me, was in a tragic car accident, I would resist the corners of my lips curling into a grin and right. wish them well, but it would it would cross my mind that, right.
0: like, oh. That's human. Yeah. I get it. Um, what about Bigfoot? You
1: know, I
0: grew up in the Pacific Northwest,
1: and so Bigfoot was a big deal, uh, because there were like in the seventies, uh, there were a lot of Bigfoot uh, docu horror kind of franchises, and uh, we we kind of don't know what Bigfoot is specifically. There are so many different interpretations, and I can I can see that like is there a, is there a missing link? like one could have got away from homo sapiens who were eating all of the proto-homo sapiens, which is why we don't see a lot of them because we ate them. Like that's the kind uh. of history is like we we were smarter than them, we killed them and we ate them. That's why there's there's there are gaps right. in our changes because we're
0: horrible. So if someone was like, this is a Bigfoot burger. Yeah. I caught one, I made it. I chopped it up. Right, come on over. We're gonna have a barbecue. Yes, some bigfoot. Would you? No, I'm a pescatarian. Got it. Yeah,
1: yeah. I need. To, I would like to be
0: vegan. Now, let I... me ask you this: What if it was the Loch Ness monster? Kind of fishy. Yeah, I mean, if it's already dead,
1: and if there was, if, if there, if if Chef Jose Andres was preparing a very specific meal with foams and you know emollients. I might have to have a taste because I'm tempted when I when a friend says, "Oh my God, this is the best steak I've ever had," and I'm like, well, "Maybe one bite won't morally and ethically destroy me," and I just have to imagine it's a human child as opposed to a cow or a baby cow. Uh, but possibly Loch Ness if somebody was like this this beast because I mean I, I've eaten eel, I've eaten a lot of.
0: You know, I ate a rattlesnake one time. Um, how
1: did it taste like chicken?
0: A little bit, but I was so <laughs> grossed out. I, snakes uh, grossed me out. Like, yeah. it was really nasty. It was in a chili. Uh, yeah. I didn't like it. And I I just remembered that you did Hannibal. Yes. Which is funny. Okay, you know, my last job, um, like, day job, was tour guide at Universal Studios. And we would talk about Hannibal. Would you go by the De La Hannibal's- Hannibal's- yes. Yeah. So rest in peace, Martha. Rest in peace. She was amazing. Oh, she was so great. Yeah, and she was great to the tour guides, too. She but- would come out and wave and talk yes! to people. Yes! Yeah, I think there was a time when we showed a preview or like a trailer or something of Hannibal. Yes, yeah, she was
1: very heavily involved because the trams would go by, and I used to get like I got in trouble once because when our offices were at the De La Hitchcock Bungalow, yeah, I would take the golf course and I would do my own Universal tour, and. So many times I like turned a corner and was almost ran down by a tram. And then there was like a studio wide memo of if you have a tram, if you have a golf cart, you are not allowed on the tram routes. And I was like, that's for me.
0: I used to, when I worked there, they would let us, like, go jog around. Like, I would jog and just, like, walk around and and sit over at the Bates Motel or whatever. It was so cool.
1: I would, like, the, up above Amity, like, the Amity Island, there was, like, a little road and I would set up there and get high and watch (laughs) the tours.
0: And And those houses that are just a facade. It's so Hollywood. Oh, I love it. And you know who I had on this podcast was Butch Patrick who (gasps) did the monsters there. And I did Mockingbird Lane and Butch came and visited the set. Yes. And I was thinking about that too because wasn't that shot in that area yep. or that yep. house or one of
1: those houses yep. we built it like right around the corner from the original mockingbird house we built our big uh, mockingbird house
0: and yes yeah. and he was telling me stories about like going to because there there was that um phantom of the opera stage for forever yeah and it a down yeah stage 28 i think it was called or i don't know don't quote me on that but it was um Super haunted. Yes, and it had
1: all of the The opera boxes, and then you could pull up the floor and it would go down. And when we were going to do Mockingbird Lane... Uh, you know, one of the show, one of the episodes that was lined up is that Kristen Chenoweth was going to play Marilyn Munster's original mother, who like gave her up, and we were going, she was going we were going to do a whole Phantom of the Opera episode mm-hmm. and go back in time, and we were going to film it on those sets, and then the show never went to series. Oh. So yeah, but that like I I stood on that set, and you could just feel the energy in the history of just being there and looking at the the opera boxes that that were still intact the fact that it was still there from the 30s or the 20s
0: it's so incredible there's a, you know another ghost there over by okay like the war of the worlds plane crash uh-huh. and then there's like that big screen with like the pit thing i don't know what, uh-huh.
1: yeah where they it's, where they fill it up yes yeah Over there. And it's the house from that John Candy, Dan Aykroyd, Great Great Outdoors. Outdoors.
0: Yeah. So over in that area somewhere, people see this pilot man. Because on like the opening day back in 1915 or whatever, there was like a guy that was hired to do like plane tricks and he crashed. And people see him walking around. Oh, wow. Because
1: that's also right – it, like the $6 million man tunnel is right there. Yes.
0: I don't know if it's still there. I don't it's know. Not, it's something else.
1: Yeah. But it was, I
0: worked there probably 2014, 15, 16 or something right. like that. Um, oh, such a. I haven't been back yet. It's magical. I love Universal Studios. Me too. And Warner Brothers. Like both of those lots are magical. And I Paramount. Know. I'm so happy you came by. Thank you for having me by. Your brain is incredible. I mean, you create literally worlds for us to consume. Um, So this brain, just hearing you talk about the paranormal, it's really, really cool. Well, I rarely get to do it, so this was delightful. Well, thank you. Can you tell people, like, you know, what to, where to find you? What do you got going on? Uh, I'm at Brian Fuller on Twitter and Brian Fuller Graham
1: on Instagram. Uh, I'm doing. Uh, we're working on a Crystal Lake series uh, yes. that's coming up. Uh, and uh, I'm about to do a movie with Maz Mikkelsen uh, called Dust Bunny about a little girl who hires a hitman to kill the monster under her bed.
0: Oh, my God.
1: And uh, so, yeah, it's going to be an exciting
0: year. Queer for Fear.
1: And Queer for Fear on Shudder. Yes. Watch it and ask for more.
0: Yes. We have
1: like three seasons worth of material, and we've only done four episodes.
0: Oh, I love it. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much to Brian Fuller. Again, check out Queer for Fear. (sighs) That was, I mean, again, I don't know what I was expecting out of that conversation, because the man is brilliant. But he really, he really opened my eyes to a lot of things and the stories. How fun! Oh, it was a great, 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 great time. Um, okay, guys, are you subscribed to the show? Make sure you rate it five stars wherever you listen. Tell your friends about it, and you know the Patreon still exists. The link is in the description of this show. And the YouTube video versions are linked there as well. You know I love me a listener episode, so send me your listener stories to ghostedbyroz at gmail.com. Put in the subject line, listener episode. And then just give me, you know, some bullet points of what your stories are about. I am on Instagram at Roz Hernandez. TikTok and Twitter at It's Roz Hernandez. I love you all, both living and dead. But if I didn't ask you to haunt me, don't haunt me. Okay, bye.
1: A podcast network.